Today we're strolling over to the home of red meat and low-hanging fruit at TikTok. And my drag character is a drag thing that can be anything in the world. We're gonna look at viral relationship and dating advice. You know what is the most stupid sh in the world right now? It's dating. And let me just tell you that the 16 to 25 year old demographic basically has no idea what they're talking about when they talk about these kind of things. And look at intersectionality and the different intersections because body size is one of them. So hopefully I will bestow upon you some of my wisdom after 15 years of marriage and it'll be a little bit better than what these people offer today on Indie Thinker. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Did you know that Indie Thinker is right now in the process of filming a full feature documentary about the fatherlessness epidemic that we are experiencing in America right now? The breakdown of the nuclear family is statistically higher now than it has ever been. And I wanted to do something about that. So we are creating a film that will expose what is causing fatherlessness in America. Here's just a small snippet of the trailer. Long gone are the days of Andy Griffith, the ideal representation of a father on TV. Your mother and I send you to college to get an education, not to party hardy. And now the fathers on TV look way more like Homer Simpson than they ever do Andy Griffith. Now, what were we talking about, boy? So how did we get here? It's the rejection of the wisdom of the past. Now I know what you're thinking. Who is that guy so articulate, so profound, sitting with Dennis Prager? Well, of course, that was me. And after Dennis begged me to be in the film, I finally relented and said, fine, you can be in the film. Now, all jokes aside, there is a bunch of people like Dennis, high-profile thought leaders in our country that you need to hear from on this subject. So in order to see the full trailer and even to help financially support this film so that we can finish it, you need to subscribe to our newsletter. You can do that by going to the link on the screen or you can go to the description of this podcast where you can access not only Indie Thinker Extras but the newsletter that will help you see the full feature trailer to our documentary Fatherless and give you an opportunity to help support the great work that we're doing here at Indie Thinker. Now I thought long and hard about doing a show today about Matt Walsh and Jordan Peterson's conversation about clinical psychology. But I figured that I didn't want to do the same thing that Tucker Carlson did to all of us in his interview with Putin. Tell us why you believe the United States might strike Russia out of the blue. So if you don't mind, I will take only 30 seconds or one minute to give you a short reference to history for giving you a little historical background. Please. Three hours later. And it is considered to be the year of the establishment of the Russian state in 862. If you don't like third century AD Russian history lessons when you're just simply asking what's going on with Ukraine and Russia, then I thought maybe we should do a different show that might be a little bit more entertaining. So I want to go back to the old well of uh, making fun of TikToks and specifically relationship advice and dating advice on on TikTok. I, I guess also too, this idea kind of sprung from my conversation this past weekend at church with two young ladies who I highly respect. Shout out to you guys. Uh, we talked about Adam and Eve and the problem that went wrong with their relationship. We talked about beta males. We talked about hook, uh, toxic uh, hookup culture and, and all sorts of things. And in that conversation, 
my wisdom and brilliance was on full display as I gave them some advice and gave them some thoughts. Um, and some of that comes from my 15 years of marriage experience and the fact that I have two young boys, a nine and a seven-year-old. And then also that I've been counseling people in a pastoral capacity through the ups and downs of life for, for years now. And currently, on a regular basis, uh, each week I counsel multiple men as they're going through one of the most difficult, probably, situations in their life. And, and I do I counsel those men at a pregnancy resource center. So all of that came, um, came into, uh, I guess, in, into one package as I was kind of talking to these ladies. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I might have a little bit more experience than the 16-year-olds over at TikTok dispensing all of their wisdom. So I might respond and react to some of what they have to say about relationship and dating. So anyway, here's our first clip from a young man over at TikTok. You know what is the most stupid in the world right now? It's dating. Yeah, it can be cool when you love each other, but what do you guys actually do when you're dating? Like, is all you guys do sit in a basement, make out, watch Netflix and spoon? Or do you guys like actually go out? Like, why won't anyone like, I want to go look at the stars. I want to go fishing. Who wants to watch the damn sunrise with me? No one, because all you guys want to do is just have sex. Yeah, I said it. Why can't we have, like, old days? Like, out of anything I'm jealous of is, like, the in the 70s. Like, those people had to, like, actually work for it. I think the TikTok we just watched, many people will come away from it, and they will supposedly think that this is a great and wholesome young man and that he's actually being based here. He's kind of rejecting hookup culture, and he's really wanting to develop a healthy relationship based upon more than just, more than just sex. And I kind of have a different opinion here. I can't help but wonder, first and foremost, if this isn't a clever dating strategy. This is the kind of, I can't really score chicks, so what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to come across as the good guy so that I can get in your pants rather than the jock who's just going to use you and abuse you. I just want to take long walks on the beach with you and just be your best friend so that I can then have sex with you. Um, so I've seen that a lot in high school. I'm, I don't know if that's true, and this young man may have the best intentions in the world, but I still have two things that I think are very important to kind of take note of, and, and that is this that if you are a man and not a beta male, it is your responsibility to choose the pool that you want to swim in. So if all you find is a bunch of ho nasty girls who want to sleep around and watch Netflix, that may be because you've chosen the wrong pool. For crying out loud, you're not jumping in stagnant water and then coming out and wondering why you got these nasty diseases, sometimes literally, uh, in the case of relationships. Um, you, you want to choose carefully what you're jumping in because, I mean, that. Some water looks good, some water looks nasty. Um, so all I'm encouraging here is, is that you're in control, especially as the man of the dating pool in which you swim in, so choose wisely. Choose a different dating pool. Now, I hear this all the time, especially from kind of the red-pilled community online, red-pilled conservatives. They, they say marriage didn't work for them, you know, no-fault divorce is unfair to men, and these women can just take your kids, and then they take your money and leave you with depression and leave you messed up and even cheat on you and do these, all, all these kind of things to you in marriage until it's fixed. I'm just going to reject it because as a red-pilled conservative, I, I, I think for myself, and I'm, a, I'm an intellectual being, and I'm a free thinker, so I'm just going to work out and be the best man that I possibly can be. I'm going to become Andrew Tate tomorrow. And the problem with that is that there is zero personal responsibility in any of that. And that's more beta male stuff posing as alpha male stuff. I mean, I, honestly, these guys that suppose themselves to be alpha males will, in a snap of a finger, fall on the ground and wallow in self-pity and never look in the mirror. 
all I can say to you is that, um, yeah, you can sometimes be surprised in marriage, but that is rarely the case. If you married Dorothy and all of a sudden she turned into the Wicked Witch of the West, you may want to ask yourself what you did to make that woman so wicked. You may want to figure out if maybe she wasn't Dorothy in the first place. So this goes for those who are complaining about the dating pool, but also um, those who complained that they were misused and abused by the dating pool. So you can say, oh, there's not a lot of fish out there to choose from. But then you can also say, well, the fish I chose, it rejected me, blah, 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 blah. And almost every time, especially when you hear women say this, they found their dude in a bar. He was there to try to hook up with random chicks. He happened to choose you and maybe stuck around for about a year or so and then was emotionally abusive and then cheated on you. And it's just like, what did you expect to happen exactly? What did you think was going to come when you stuck your hand in the piranha bowl? They, they don't have nice little beta fish in there. But back to the beta male. Uh, the point is, is that you get to choose the dating pool. Don't blame other people. If you find nothing but a bunch of ho-nasties around you, go, go to church for crying out loud. I mean, where are the TikToks where people say, I met a guy in church and he was physically and emotionally abusive and all these things. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying largely the people who are complaining about their mate should have known that there was not uh, moral and value compatibility and uh, just kind of compatibility in terms of goals in life. When, when you first started dating this person, you chose the, the, the person that looked good from afar and you decided that that would be your mate. That's the dating strategy for most people today. Now, I'm not saying go marry some ugly girl that can sing real good in church, but what I am saying is that there are perfectly fine and wonderful girls and tons of them in church who don't just want to mindlessly hook up and watch Netflix. So if you can't find that, it might be because you're not searching hard enough. And then the second thing is this. If you want to be a real man and not a beta, choose the boundaries. Even if you find a girl that you think is beautiful, but you're not sure if she agrees with those kind of boundaries, have the conversation with her, man, and, and talk with her. And then if she walks away and she wants to go contract any number of sexually transmitted diseases, then, dude, you did yourself a favor uh, by getting rid of her, and you did her a favor so that she can free herself up for, for kind of that whoremongering. Uh, she can go enjoy, her, enjoy that life while you actually... Um, while you enjoy yours. And so you set the boundaries and you enforce them in a relationship and that's how you have a healthy relationship. So I wouldn't necessarily blame those girls that are out there looking for that. Um, I would actually just ask, are you inserting those boundaries and those, and those principles from the beginning when you start a relationship with a girl? And if you do, the girl that you are looking for will will just be immediately attracted to the fact that you're not looking for a casual hookup. You're actually looking for something deeper, something real. So if you're truly sincere about this, then all you have to do, get into the relationship, set the boundaries, and then enforce them. And then guess what you'll have? An actually healthy relationship. All right, let's go into the next one. If you're a boy who has ever been dumped by your girlfriend for seemingly no apparent reason, and you're looking for answers, this is what happened. Okay, this is you guys. You guys are in a happy relationship and now all of a sudden you have one simple fixable problem. For this example, we're going to use no good morning text. And your girlfriend who loves you, she's really happy with you. She comes to you and she tells you, she's like, hey, do you think we could start doing good morning texts? Like it'd mean a lot to me if you text me good morning. So you, her loving boyfriend, agree to give her good morning texts. But something happened and for whatever reason you stopped giving her good morning texts. So now we have a bigger problem. She now thinks that you don't care enough about her to send her good morning texts, even though she asked. 
But she's going to be like, you know what? This is still kind of a small problem. I'm just going to remind him. She reminds you. You're like, oh my gosh, that's right. I did agree to that. Okay, I will text you good morning. Unfortunately, though, you didn't follow through again. Now we have confirmed that you do not care enough to text her good morning, even though this is a simple, fixable problem. This is now a big problem. So now your girlfriend, who has never picked fights before in her life, starts picking a bunch of little fights about all these different things because she believes that you do not care enough. Through all of these picking fights with you, though, she still loves you and likes you enough to want to be with you, even though you guys have all these little problems now. Until one day, these become unattractive to her. She's going to realize that all of these little things that you do that remind her that you don't care about her enough are unattractive. And so now the problem is not these things. It's not even that you don't care enough. It's not even that she never got good morning texts. It's that she literally does not like you anymore. Does not like you. Now, unfortunately, she has to break up with you. Now, this is a TikTok that got shared around a lot uh, last week with conservatives. And I felt like there was one missing piece through, through all of this that, that needed to be established. And that is kind of the, the makeup of a healthy relationship. So there was a lot of talk about this individual kind of enforcing uh, their testing and how that's wrong or how the standard itself is manipulative and you need to look at yourself. And all of that is 100% true. But I think I didn't hear a single time when a conservative brought this up that actually pinpointed the fact that this girl is bringing into her discussion a presuppositional view about what relationships are really about. And I think that this girl has been really impacted by toxic hookup culture and it has fried her brain and really a lot of people in our culture, their brain as to what relationships are really all about. See, there's this idea this relationship will benefit me. How can this relationship do me good? And I gotta make sure that that business arrangement is, is really cooking and really going well or else this is not anything that I'm gonna enter into. What will it do for me is the kind of presupposition this girl's bringing into the relationship or else she wouldn't be putting this stupid test before this, uh, before this partner. So what I have to tell you is gonna come as a shock to some of you and, and, and certainly life-giving to those of you who actually listen to it. Relationships, marriage relationships most importantly, are hard work. And it's about serving rather than getting your needs met. See, if you go into a relationship trying to make sure that this individual will do what you say, well then you're kind of an abusive person and you're doing relationships wrong. Even if you're going into a relationship and you're asking yourself, hey, is this gonna be a mutually beneficial relationship? Like, listen, this is not a merger of a Fortune 500 company. What you're actually wondering is, do you respect this person? And can you devote your life to this person? Can you serve this person? Can you actually do what Jesus would have done, which is wash this person's feet? Now I'm being symbolic here, but maybe literally too. Can you serve this person and give of yourself selflessly to this person? Because that is what is required in relationship. Now I know this is gonna come as a shock to some of you, but relationships are hard work. They, they are. Um, and some of you don't like that. You think, well, why would I obligate myself to do something that's hard work? Well, because it matters and because it's worth it. Is there anything in this life that isn't hard work that you're willing to do uh, that will actually bring about the fruit of your labor that is actually meaningful and useful? I guess what I'm saying is this. 
is that you've never done anything worthwhile in your life that hasn't been hard work. So the fact that marriage and relationship is hard work should not come as a surprise to you. In fact, it is the most rewarding thing that you will ever do in your entire life. And therefore, it should be hard work. It helps you appreciate it more, and it helps you give more. It helps you realize it's not about you. Now listen, I know, I'm highly reliant upon my own Christian background here to come up with this understanding, but, but please, if you want a healthy relationship, even if you're not a Christian, understand that relationships are an opportunity for you to sacrifice yourself, and that is a good thing. That can only be beneficial to you and to your partner. So, 50-50 relationships are a recipe for meeting in the middle and never actually coming over to the other side. And sometimes in a relationship, you're going to have to do that. So, don't you give 50% and you give 50%. You give 100% and you give 100%. And if you don't feel like this person is giving their 100%, well then the context of a relationship is supposed to help that, not necessarily break that. And if that person you find isn't doing the thing that you think they should be doing, maybe you ask them to hold your hand and they're not holding your hand because they're just not hand holders. And maybe you think that's an indication that they don't care about you if they won't do a simple thing like holding your hand. Or maybe they're just human. And you have to predicate your relationship, not just based upon whether or not they're willing to do what you tell them to do, but whether or not you respect that individual enough in the first place to help them either grow or to realize maybe this is not just gonna work and I need to change myself. So suffice to say, understand that relationships aren't all about you and relationships will be way healthier. Let's go to one final clip. Why do you think men care about a woman's body count? Do you? People actually care about Men in general. <laughs> if a man is Ask me my body count, he can get f***ed. Who gives a f Oh my god, that's so stupid. People actually ask that shit. Yes. You Okay, well then you're talking to the wrong man. If a man is ever asking you about your body count, you're talking to the wrong man and he can get f Like, that's so stupid. So, so, can I ask you this then? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, what do you think about the analogy if one key can open many locks it's known as a master key as opposed to if you have a lock that can be opened by any key it's a lock i think that if a, if a woman is an analogy to you then you're not ready to be talking to a woman so does body count matter does it matter how many people that you've slept with and should you share that information with your partner? I think the obvious answer is 100% yes. We're living in a sexually hedonistic culture that is constantly celebrating dangerous lifestyles and it does matter because the less your body count, the more desirable you are. The less your body count, the more healthy you could potentially be. Now, I know that that's almost lost on us today because we, now we live in a society where we say that virginity is a social construct or some such nonsense, uh, that it's just something that was made up by puritanical Christians, and it doesn't matter how many people you have sex with. I mean, go have sex with, um, with, with animals while we're at it. Uh, you know, no holds bars. As long as it feels good, do it, right? Um, I find this interesting because I was watching a pharmaceutical commercial just recently, and, and they were promoting a drug that helps people with HIV. And in the commercial, now this never used to happen, um, in the commercial, all gay guys. I mean, we got the dude with the assless chaps, the dude with no shirt, wearing a beret and suspenders. I mean, clearly gay dudes all up in this commercial about HIV. Back in the 90s when I grew up, we were trying the hardest we could to cope with the reality that the vast majority of people contracting HIV were gay men hooking up in bathhouses in San Francisco and, and the like. 
Um, so we were trying to uh, destigmatize HIV and say that this is just something anybody could get. I mean, look at Magic Johnson, obviously. Um, so obviously it is something that anybody can get, but it's also totally true that it was something that was largely um, being spread around in homosexual communities because of the licentious and hedonistic lifestyle of the vast majority of homosexuals. This is not just me saying it, this is just a flat reality. Um, but the whole point of that is that there's just this shift in culture now, and, and we see it in commercials like this, where we are promulgating and we are promoting and we are celebrating things that in the past we used to um, be more hushed about. Now, obviously, if we're doing it anyway, being hushed about it doesn't really matter, but I can't help but wonder if we're celebrating these things, if they're going to be repeated even more, and obviously they are, and obviously that is the goal here for these kind of social cultural Marxists who want to totally destroy uh, sexual mores and sexual norms. Um, but, but the whole idea here is simply that sexually hedonistic lifestyles shouldn't be celebrated because they are dangerous. They can lead you into um, not only STDs, uh, but they can also lead you into abusive relationships and a number of other different things. So the more sexually licentious your lifestyle is, the more dangerous your lifestyle is. I'll make one last argument about this. When, when we hear about transgender violence, um, we are never told, or very often never told, how the individual died. We're just told whenever a trans person dies, it's obviously a hate crime. But what we don't take into account is that transgender individuals obviously participate in high-risk activities more so than normal people, and how many of those people might have been killed because they were engaging in those high-risk activities rather than just simply being killed because they were trans. How many people that are trans are killed because they're trans is a good question to ask. And then we'll see that we don't have this disproportionate kind of violence against the trans community in America. What we have is we have a society that is propagating and promulgating sexually hedonistic lifestyles that are very dangerous for people. So obviously your body count counts uh, for at least that. Um, and it's something that you should take into account. Keep on saying count, but needless to say. Uh, then the other thing that I think would, would say is this, is that obviously, yes, the more people you sleep with, the less desirable you are. You just have to understand that and you have to come to terms with that. I mean, let's, let me ask you a question. Do you still like the Dumbo ride at Disney? No, of course not. I mean, there's probably some adult weirdos out there that, that do, uh, but the reason you don't most likely is because not only it's for kids, but also you've ridden it a million times. You know what to expect, and it's, and it's not really worth that much uh, And at the end of the day. It wasn't that fun the first time you wrote it. I mean, it just goes up and down and around, for crying out loud. Um, there's so many better things to, to experience out there, so why would you want to ride the Dumbo ride over and over and over again? Now, the response to that will very often be just this. Well, I mean, what about marriage relationships? What about sex within the context of marriage? Isn't that tedious and isn't that kind of the same thing over and over again? And I would argue, no, not at all. Casual sex is repetitive, but sex within the confines of marriage is absolutely 100% dynamic. First of all, your spouse is always changing. And your sex with an individual, if it's the same person, um, you, you is always changing. And by the way, always getting better because you're actually able to develop a healthy sexually relationship with a sexual relationship with that individual. So no, sex within the context of marriage is not dull and boring. No, it's actually way better. And you don't have to trust me for this. You can just look at the statistics. The, the most sexually happy people on the planet are married individuals, not single individuals. So this idea about hookup culture and sexual conquest is totally a lie and it was totally a lie from the very beginning. 
But there is one last and most important thing to say about all of this. High body count is not only dangerous from a health perspective, and it not only makes you less desirable, but also it is less desirable. Everybody who's practiced a sexually hedonistic lifestyle knows that it promises to fill the void deep down in your soul, and actually all it does is make you stare into the void of the emptiness of your soul. It does not provide any type of real meaning or existential benefit. Body count does none of that. It only makes you feel like less of a human being, and why wouldn't it? You're not a used car. You're not a Dumbo ride. You're a human being with intrinsic value. So I say all of this within the confines of Christianity. This isn't just puritanical culture. This isn't just crotch Christianity. This is the truth that if you believe that you are more than just a object to have sex with or to have sex with somebody else, then you will believe, perhaps, that you are a human being with intrinsic value that deserves dignity. And then if you believe that, you may have to ask yourself, well, where does a belief like that spring from? And then if you find that it does spring indeed from the Bible, you might have to start practicing some of what it says to realize that the way to truly be fulfilled in life is to live your life according to those precepts and not according to the whatever podcast. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and go with God.